Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. everyone it's uh, very good to be back jimmy and i are back for the start of uh, what promises to be an up and down season a roller coaster of a season i, I, I suspect and um, we're joined by my now work colleague today george hodgson we've got lots to discuss we'll review pre-season we're going to give our verdicts on the transfer window to date uh, we'll preview the season coming up and we'll finish with a couple of listener questions as well so we'll get cracking boys how are we good to be back yeah Good. Yeah, it's um, it's daunting thinking about the nine months ahead and what we've got to come, but here we are. Yeah, it is what it is. Ball on next week. We'll, uh, we'll know where we're at better next week, won't we? Well, hopefully. Well, well, game, <laughs> well. <laughs> well. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a bit, mate. Reminders at the start of these episodes. Uh, supporters hear it from the finney uh, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney and anything that we receive is massively appreciated uh, it helps to keep us going as donations from last season have so yeah boys let's start with pre-season um, Brig obviously the, the, the standard pre-season opener wasn't to be in fact to be honest as North End fans, we've had a pretty rough ride this preseason. Like loads of other fans have got to go to to games, and we've had what three behind closed doors now. Not been able to get onto Deepdale yet. I think it's four or five, isn't it? Obviously, the United oh. game got the United yeah. game got shelved yesterday. Obviously, they played Billings under twenty threes instead behind closed doors. They played big behind closed doors. Played Saint Johnson and Celtic behind closed doors. I know, obviously, Georgie got up to those two games, but... Yeah, there were home yeah. fans there, but not many. Yeah, it's been a bit of a naff pre-season, I really, let's be fair. But it's what it is. Not a lot you can really say about it, is it really? You know, without seeing him in the flesh properly, it's hard to judge. I mean, I suppose you two boys are probably in a better position than anyone because you've actually probably seen him more than, than anyone else, apart from the, the staff actually at yeah. the club. Well, I don't know about you, George, but it's been underwhelming from my point of view so far yeah I mean don't read into pre-season results too much but you want to see some encouragement in performances and things um, I thought we were alright at Celtic I thought we played pretty well there um, and then I thought Accrington and Bolton and St Johnston was pretty poor um, obviously Drew with Aki Drew at St Johnston could have easily lost because we gave a penalty away Um and lost to Bolton. Um, so yeah, Aki as well. I think it it was it was a Declan Road masterclass, wasn't it? In the last sort of thirty yeah, they, minutes, they, that... they deserve to win that game, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the disappointing thing is that 
there's not been many surprised um, Frankie in terms of proving a point. Um, you know, the uh, sort of view we had on the players coming into the pre-season has been pretty much confirmed in terms of the starting eleven's probably going to be what you would have predicted or there or thereabouts. And a few players who people probably thought weren't up to it anymore have, have not really showed that they, they are. So I think obviously we'll come on to transfers and things, but I think getting a few players out the door in the next week or so is, is going to be important. Yeah, I think on that though, George, but remember Frankie's not a miracle worker. We can't turn water into wine in terms of these players. If they're, if they're not up to it ability-wise at this level, then, then they're not going to be. He's, he's not going to be able to just change them over the... What did he have at back end of last season? Eight weeks, was it, with the players? Yeah. Five, six... Well, about now four or five weeks since they've been back in for pre-season. You know, he can't yeah. suddenly turn these players into, you know, elite-level players because, unfortunately, they're not. That's, that's their attributes. And I think we've got to understand that, that these players that are on the edges of the first team, you know, are there for a reason. And mm. unfortunately, we do need reinforcements because I, I do worry that beyond our first 11 that we're lacking depth. And, you know, championships are tough, tough league to be in, isn't it? And mm. over 46 games, 48 minimum, if you include the two cups, you know, you, you've got to have a decent depth of squad in terms of ability. And I, I'm, that worries me. Mm. Yeah, especially with these any, guys. Sorry. These guys just haven't stepped up, have they? You know, in terms of the guys that have been on the, you know, the edges of the the team. Um, so it's just a little bit of a concern. Fra- Frankie said as much as well, hasn't he? You know, he's. I think he said to you, didn't he? Uh, was it exed in the other week, George? When he said that there's no one that's really sort of, obviously, figuratively speaking, come and knocked on his door and said like, "I'm here. I'm I'm worth mm. thinking about mm. and picking." Yeah, I just asked, has anyone surprised you? As a sort of open question. And I think in the end, he said he thought Emil looked sharp. And this was after maybe Accrington and, and Shawnee as well, who's struggled in the last couple of games. But he did, did have a few decent performances. He was very good at Celtic, to be fair to him. Um, but yeah, I don't think any player can say they've not had a chance this pre-season because he's given everyone equal minutes. They've, it's not been a case of, you know, the second team have always played together. He's mixed it around. He's played people in different positions um, and it's like I said it's pretty much confirmed what a lot of us would have thought of about a month ago so interesting to see what happens. I think for, for me one positive not not to sort of be overly negative one positive was the, the first half against City I thought we looked relatively okay relatively sort of yeah. comfortable yeah, obviously barring the, the free kick Jake, we look comfortable, but you got to think that City let us have the ball in the thirds. So as soon as it got anywhere near that final third, City just closed us off. They weren't letting us anywhere near that final third. So we can have the ball all we like in the first two thirds of the pitch because we didn't have the quality to be able to hurt them. So it didn't really matter that, that City let us have the ball, especially in the back line. You know, it was a training exercise for City. That's the way you've got to look at it. They, they just used that as their first sort of warm up game, you know, working on the shape. That, that was all they did, you know, and I think for us, we played pretty much uh, a decent team, let's be honest, against City, but we never we never troubled them in the final third. You know, we were looking for Barkey it's... a lot over the top, but, you know, we never, it's it's a, it's a, it's a golfing class if you want to see it like that. 
you know, City can let us have the ball in the sec- in the middle third because as soon as we lose it, they'll just hurt us with pace. You know, them playing that front three. You know, when you've got Mares on the pitch, you know, um, I've got the the young lad that was at Lincoln last season. Um, uh, no, Rogers. Rogers. The, Morgan you know, Rogers, the, yeah. Morgan Rogers, because I thought he looked lively all night. Uh, well, first half anyway, until he got taken off. So, you know, they, they could tactically they could let us have the ball where we had it, because as soon as it broke down, then that's when they could sort of hurt us in terms of the uh, yes, the transition. So, mm-hmm. I thought City first half was one of the better performances. To be fair, I'm not sure if that says more about the bad performances than than that one. But there were some good signs in that first half. I don't think we deserve to go in behind um, but yeah Celtic is the only real 90 minute performance where I've come away and thought that's yeah you looked a decent team there and again that might be saying a bit more about Celtic than us because um, they're really struggling um, yeah I think I minute. think Celtic's results following that game say well, what, yeah. probably quite a lot about the state that they're in mm. oh, they're in a right mess getting beat off hearts yeah. yesterday um, obviously, getting knocked out of Champions League and the qualifiers, you know, it's a bad appointment as well in my eyes as well. That bringing the Australian guy in, oh, it's just a disappointment to be fair. But um, yeah, I'm not going to get involved in old firm politics because I end up getting death threats. <laughs> no, <laughs> no yeah. definitely not. Um, yeah, I think obviously the the feeling from that is that it, it, it has just been quite an underwhelming preseason. Um, Someone asked on social media uh, if it's the worst preseason we've ever had. Jim, I'm going to let you take this one because uh, I quite liked your response. Well, no, I just like I think everyone's heard about Paul Simpson's trip to America, where everyone just went out shopping all day and getting gifted like iPods and stuff, and like not being able to train on pitches because they're all artificial. Just, just a little plug on that. If people haven't listened to the episode with Neil Miller, go and listen to that because he talks yeah. quite a lot about it. Yeah, Mel's opened my eyes quite a lot that episode to um, <laughs> what that pre-season trip was about. But, you know, we, we went over there. I think we played three games. I think we played Monterey from, uh, or Monterey, what they call from Mexico. I know they played Portland Timbers and I think they played another game, but I can't remember who it were. Um, yeah. And, like, that set the tone for our start to that season. I think we lost all out the first six games that season, from what I remember off the top of my head. We beat Southampton like 5 1 in one of his last games in charge, but we were on a big downward slide um, because we just didn't start well. And I think that's, you know, starting well is so key for us this season because yeah. you look, when, especially when you look at our fixtures, those first six games, you know, you've got to take points out of those first six games because the fives that follow it are absolute, it's the tough. Um, yeah. And then we have like a three game spell where we play um, Derby, Coventry, and Blackpool. And then we have got like 10 tough games in a row. I'm like, hoo, hoo, hoo. we have because if we don't start well, we could be the right pickle. So, but yeah, I don't think it's the worst preseason we've ever had. I think it's from a fan's point of view, it's been pretty naff because we've not been able to, we've had two Scotland away games, not been able to get into either of them. You know, fair play to the five lads that went up to St. Johnston and watched it on a hill. You know, you've got, to, <laughs> you've got to be absolutely crackers to do that. But, you know, we've not been able to enjoy it. And that's part of being a football fan, isn't it, really? You know, actually being able to go to games like that, you know, go to Celtic Park and experience it, go to St. Johnston and get a tick, you know, stuff like that. But 
we've just not been able to do that as football fans. And I think that takes away the little bit of um, the enjoyment factor and probably makes us a bit more negative about our pre-season because, yeah, yeah, the it's, football has it's been It's just a, bit a continuation crap. of the last this 16 net. months, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't help. You know, it doesn't help the fact that football's been a little bit iffy as well. So when people have actually got to see them in the flesh, it's been a bit meh. But that's the only way you can describe it, really, isn't it? I think, you know, once we're actually back in grounds from next week, I think next week's going to be strange when we're back in deep for the first time since March last year. It's just going to be a bit of a strange feeling. But Yeah. No, I... Yeah, well, well, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, a little bit later on. But in terms of, obviously, we, we've covered the pre-season and, and hand-in-hand, with that comes the transfer window and before we give opinions on it I I just want to talk about the squad as it stands so we've got 36 in the squad at the minute with 10 young lads so Joe Rodwell Grant, Josh Seary, Noah Moeni, Oliver Lombard, Lewis Coulton, Ethan Walker, Jack Baxter, Jacob Holland Wilkinson, Adam O'Reilly and Lewis Lee. Now obviously they don't count towards the squad limit of 25 um but even if you take those out, that leaves us with a squad of 26. And I think it's safe to say that that's quite a bloated squad, um, despite the upheaval in January. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can only have 25 registers, so we've already got one more than we're allowed. So that's not going to work, is it? Um, and, you know, you've got Iverson to come back in, fingers crossed, this week. Then they might be signing this the lad from Brig. So that puts you up to 28 then. So you've got to lose three straight away. You know, these yeah. lads aren't going to... You know, they might want to sit around on the contracts and sit on their ass. That's totally their prerogative if they do. If they want to sit around on a decent wage and not play football, go and play for in Central central League like we just rejoined. Um, but I'd be a little bit concerned if we're paying people big big money and they're just sat on their ass wanting to play in the Central League every other week. That's just like yeah. not ideal at all, is it? Especially when, you know, you look at our finances to start with and they're not exactly the prettiest, are they? You know, the fact that we're spending no. upwards of 20 million quid a year on wages. Like, and that's the concern you, for me. You've like, got to ask the question as well, why, why do they want to do that if that's the case? If they've got a contract of employment and they can sit on it by rights, haven't they? But if they've got anything about them, then they want to play football every week, don't they? I think they've got to look at it at two points of view. Go look at it from their point of view. If they're, yeah. getting paid, if they're getting paid an absolute wedge, then why would you want to take a cut to go and play football elsewhere? when it's a short career and they're more than entitled to sit on their contracts of employment. D- depends how, it depends how they're sort of motivated. Are they motivated by the fact that it's a short career Money and they can earn a few quid? Yeah. Or do they actually want to play football, try and further themselves? It's up to them, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, in terms of the squad, it, it, it needs work. I mean, we said this eight, ten weeks ago um, and... As of right now, I wouldn't say there's been much done. Um, you know, there's still a lot of the same faces in the squad that have been here for years. And it just feels a bit stale and a bit stagnant. You could go back to the last pod we, we, we recorded, Jake. And when was it? When was the last pod we recorded? Start of May? Uh, no, I think it was like middle of May. 22nd or something like that. Right, so what's that? Two, two and a bit months? Yeah. 
And what's changed? What's changed at the club? Seventeenth of May, it was. But nothing's changed. And nothing's no. changed. We've got a, we've got a fan zone that's hopefully going to start, and that's it. That that is literally it, isn't it? Oh, we signed Liam Lindsay on a yeah. perm, and we've brought back Sep, and we've lost the tree. Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like it, it still feels the same as last season. We've replaced last season's loan players with last season's loan players, whether mm. on loan or permanently. And we've made two permanent signings on a free, and they both are injured. Yep. Yeah, that's not ideal, is it? That's not a strange. I know. Feeling, I know it can't be helped. It's it's not it's not uh, anyone's fault, you know. And I'm not pointing fingers, but it's not great, is it? Well, you can't point your fingers when it's just an injury. It's injuries and it's unfortunate. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's nobody's it's nobody's fault that. But the squad needed work. We we all knew squad needed work. If we can't get rid of these players that are sat on decent contracts, then what what we're gonna do? You know, we need outs before we can get ins. Is probably the best mm-hmm. way I can sort of describe it. Otherwise, we are going to get these lads that are going to sit on their ass and sit at Exton, just wanting to play in the Central League. If they want to play in the Central League, or well, the, you know, calf strike, a bit of a knock on my calf, can't play this week, you know, at Central League because they don't want to play against, you know, other team stiffs. So that's, we're just going to be in a bit of a pickle, other aren't we? Stiffs. Well, that's, no, you call yeah. them stiffs, don't you, Rezzy? So it's like, yeah, you know, we don't, no, you don't, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just not a good situation to be in, really. But, we're in it. Mm. I think we're all expecting a bit more by this point, really, considering we play Hull next weekend. Um, mm. January, we were very busy, and I'm sure the people are working hard to try and get people in, but for whatever reason, it's not happening. Um, and I think it all points towards us having pretty much nothing to spend. If you look at the players we've been linked with and who we've brought in, we've not paid a fee yet. Players with other players we've been linked with are on loan. I, I'm just, I would, I would assume there's very little, if anything, to to actually pay for players. So, listen to Tony. Well, read what Tony Mowbray said today about Premier League clubs and Rovers have not brought anyone in yet. And hopefully, in the next few weeks they'll be a bit more. They haven't brought a single signing in. Nah, well, they signed someone back in January um, on a pre-contract, but that's about it. They've got yeah, to spend as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, he said Premier League clubs in the next week or so will probably be a bit more keen to let their young players out. So, you know, that might help us a bit. But, yeah, well, one, one of our one of our targets is um, looking like he's going to be joining Stoke on loan from Man City. Obviously, Liam Delap. Mm. Yeah. And that's a blow because he <laughs> ticked the boxes for, you know, someone to come in and hopefully be a bit of a finisher and score some goals. So yeah. I'm sure he's he wasn't the only target. I'm sure there's other ones there as well. Um you know, they need to deliver really because you know you can't give Frankie this job and then sell him down the river not not, back him. Not, yeah. He needs he needs help. Absolutely. I think that's a concern for me, like, you know, if he is to be successful, can't just have the same tools that Alex Neal has. That's pretty much what he's got at the minute. You know, it's well, how many times you, did we say it last season? Repeating the same thing is and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity, or whatever the phrase is. Yeah, mm. I think all the even though we've got a different man in charge, he's, he's still got the same tools, hasn't he? 
Yeah, and I think the recruitment's all been geared towards three five two. I mean, there's a lot of defenders in that squad. We've sort of made a note here of like a lineup, and you've got six that could play right back, four that could play left back, and a boatload that could play centre back. So, yeah, I think that's been a, something he's had to do. I don't. I think if he had a best, maybe better squad, I don't think he'd maybe play that way. But I think he's having to get his functional organised and, and tough to beat and that's going to be the way it's going to go until January at least and a bit like England when Southgate first took over just make us hard to beat maybe try and win games 1-0 and things and hope you nick a goal one way or another I don't think we're going to be amazing to watch I think we'll be hard working um, but yeah you just I think you know it's what everyone's saying you need a bit of quality up front that is what's missing yeah I agree with that I think it's there's going to be a lot of games where if you're a betting person you probably put under 2.5 goals because I, I don't see us conceding many but I don't see us scoring many either sort of reminds me of that first year back under Simon Grayson at this level you know there was a lot of nil nils one ones you know not I think we were probably one of the lowest scorers in the league that year but I think we are in the top top half in terms of goals conceded you know in terms of not conceding that many so I think it's just one of those where do we need reinforcements? Absolutely, because we're probably just lacking a little bit of creative quality, especially. Be interesting to see how DJ comes back because obviously he's not played a pre-season game yet, unless he got minutes yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday against the Billings under twenty threes, um, but obviously he played really well at the Gold Cup by all accounts. You know, the Jamaican fans were and people who've watched him from a neutral perspective have said like he was one of their better players. So I think that's promising the fact that he's playing that well. Yeah. Um, it just concerns me that you look at the number 10 position especially because if we're going to play you know Ledson and White as the two sort of holders or you know in the double pivot whatever you want to call it in midfield then you've got to have somebody in that number 10 role that's going to be able to create and actually try and break lines because is Alan Brown the man for it is it DJ Josh Harrop doesn't seem to be up to much so, you, you know, you've probably got three options there, but do any of them think, I suppose, out of them three, are any of them three going to play 46 games in the season? And you probably, probably question not. that, you know, and it's like, well, is he going to rotate between DJ and Brown? You know, what if DJ gets a knock? What if someone comes knocking on his door after got, his Gold Cup performances? You know, same with Alan Brown. Potts as well. Potts has played in the 10 a few times in pre-season, but he's very similar. We said this last season, he's very similar to Alan Brown as he's, very physical. He'll do do a lot of leg work, and he's not in the DJ mold where he'll pick a pass and split a defense. That's what I mean. That's I the concern. Like, sorry, oh. that's just a concern for me, George. You know the fact that I don't see. I like Potts's endeavor and his work rate. I think it's it's fantastic, and I can see why the manager, the head coach, sorry, has decided that like he might look at him as playing off Evans into the season at times you know as maybe a two up there I can sort of want to see I can see his point in a way because like his work rate is is up there in our team but is he is he going to split lines of passes is he going to thread a, thread a three ball to a Reese or a Maguire to run on to I don't know don't really see that in him I see someone who can pick the ball up and, and play quite a simple pass and, and work his absolute nads off mm. you know and and arrive late in the box you know you look at the goals he scored a lot of it's from late movement and and time is run 
really well. I just think creativity wise, I just I look at it and I'm like, we're short here. We're, we're yeah. just like we've got a lot of much of a muchness sort of squad, you know. And DJ's probably the sort of the one player you look at and think, God, he's a little bit different compared to the rest. And if you you know, you might not even be here. Someone might come knocking on our door and thinking, oh, you know what, he's worth a shot. Yeah, you know, whatever the fee they might want, you know, he might be off. So it's. Yeah, I feel just a little bit like I'm concerned because where where are the goals coming from in the team? That's the biggest one for me. I'm like, I just don't see us scoring more than a couple of goals a game max, really, unless we get a lucky break or we, we flood them from midfield. Because my strikers, I think, you know, we're relying on Chad and Chad's 33 in December. Got to remember that. I know he's like a late coming to the game, if you want to call it like that, after his stint out of the game. But it's just I'm just concerned about where the, all the goals are coming from. So I just don't, I just don't see it. Mm. I think it's a good point with Johnson because you know that's someone you need to come back and you, you need the best Johnson next season. Like you really do. Whatever re- for whatever reason, you know there was a contract last season. It, it wasn't the same. I don't know how many goals he ended up with, um, but that's Johnson and Brown last season who. Who weren't really at it. Obviously, Brown's talked about his injury, which has been sort of cleared. So, but with three five two, it's hard to get both of them in the same team. And it, if you do, it probably means playing one of them, you know, not in the best position. So, that's something Frankie will have to think about, uh, whether he goes with a diamond or whatever. I think Pots. The one thing with Pots is he's always got a goal in him, which I think is a pretty good trait to have. And um, match pop up now and then when you need a goal, but. No, I think you hit the nail on the head, really. And you need to look at the team and see goals in it. And you've got a back five. And obviously, not seen all of Sunday yet, but I think we all can sort of agree that that could be a decent signing if you know he comes off and he's the player that you know we think he can be. Um, but that's a back five. Ledson Whiteman who hopefully chip in with a, I don't know three or four. But all comes back to the same thing. You need, you know, you need someone next to Evans who, who I think is an absolute must to start to, to put the ball in the net. Um, Sinclair looks sharp on against Wigan. Denny Jake, um, yeah, that's but, it, but for, on that he, he he was playing on the right, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he, you know we said it about him last season that he does drift in and out of games, but he might just find you a match winning moment. But you know the squad doesn't have that striker that. Frankie needs at the minute, and that's the thing for me. I look at what the options are apart from Chad. You know, you've got Reese, Maguire, Sinclair, Barky, um, Ludwell Grant. Because obviously, if he gets, if he gets a lot, if he gets a sniff, yeah. So, like, you've got five options there. I don't know, Ludwell Grant's probably very raw in terms of ability, but he took his goal really well on the yeah. on Friday night. I bought you've got from four. from those options as well though. You've only got two out and out strikers in Emil and Chad, you know. Barky's very versatile, can play wing back, probably play full back at a push, plays on the wing, can play up front. You got Shawnee, can play anywhere across the front three really, can play in a two. Um so you've only really got two out and out strikers and I think sometimes with the others it feels a little bit like it's square pegs round holes again. I get that, but I think stri- the word striker is very much 
like it's the old fashioned way of looking at it. I think you can have somebody up there that as long as it can finish and get into the right areas, then I think you're fine. I think, you know, you've got a target man and you've got someone that's gonna be I suppose your main focal point in Chet. And then you can look at look to play off him in terms of your Barkies. You know, you look at you've got pace there in terms of Barkey, Reese, Sinclair. You know, look at Sinclair's goal that he scored when I was at Bournemouth and like because he was playing off the man there. I think he, you've got other options, you know what I mean? I don't think you need them to be out and out nines as such. I think you, they can actually have those the attributes you want to be playing the forward line and not be at their natural position. You know, Barkey came out, I don't know if he said it to you this week, George, but he wants to, you know, he sees himself getting in areas where he wants to impact the game or something to that, to that ilk. And that just screamed to me that he wants to play up front, ideally, if he can play next to Chet. Yeah, that's what I took from it, pretty much. And why not? Because he's, with everyone in the squad, he's someone that has scored double figures before when he's played up front. Probably almost, well, one of our most dangerous, if not the most dangerous player when he's on his game. So, to bring a right, I know it's obviously probably been done because all of Sunday's injured, but to bring a player like that and then have Barkey stuck at right wing back, who I think looked all right there, to be fair, but we all know where he, sh- he should be playing and, and where he's best. Yeah, his attributes mean he can play wing back because he play, he's played as a winger, he's played as a right back before. You know, yeah. he's quick, he's decent in the tackle, he's positionally sound. And, you know, <laughs> I think. Athletic as well, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. You know, for me, he's probably one of the most underrated people in the squad. You know, I think he's. You, know, you you do everything you can to try and nail him down as, on a contract because. I was just got, just gonna say, do you, do you get him get him signed up ASAP? Mate, it'd be one of the first ones I'd look at. It's not even some, yeah. It's not even what something to think it's about. Not a debate, is it? He's a championship. Not he's a, a top end championship player, and we've we've not we've not got him a deal yet. I you know we've we've got a player on our hands that. It would be worth money if we sold him, and there's not many of the what is it eleven left, twelve? Yeah, that we've got we've got out of contract in the summer. That I look at and think, you know what, championship level player, someone would come in for a fee for them because of their athleticism or whatever that word is. I can't say it because, yeah, <laughs> mate, I'm out. I'm out athleticism. Of That's the one. Yeah, that one. And um, you know, and the way they play the game, you know. He scored, like George just said, he scored double figures at championship level. That's pretty hard to do at yeah. the best of times. So, if you you had to make a list of reasons to not give Barkey a contract and make a, make a list of reasons to give him one, I think you'd have one long list and one with nothing on it. It's just I can't even think why that would be a debate or something to consider, unless Vers- he wants to leave for some reason, which I don't yeah. think he does. Versatile played the most games for us last season. Has scored double figures at this level before. Has a long throw, which is what Frankie needs in terms of set pieces. Can score from outside the box, can score from inside. Takes so it. many boxes for us, doesn't he? Hard work. Quick. Quick. It's like, it makes no sense not offering him yeah. something. I and mean, if, if we have offered him something and he's turned it down, then come out and say it. Don't just like, because at the end of the day, as fans at the minute, we're all in a bit of limbo thinking, got all these players going out of contracts. We've had, we knew this was coming in January. It's like, well, what have we done? You know, it's like when you interviewed Ben Jake, it's like we seem to just let, let it slide and then when it, only react when it's too late. It's like, oh, come on, when we going to learn? But, and it, there's people in better pay positions than, than us three that are making those calls. Mm. 
But if you're barking, you've seen Shawnee, Josh Harrop, Josh Earl giving contracts in the last 12 months. Adam what O'Reilly, you, Andrew what Hughes. You, what are you thinking? Like, I mean, it might, come, it might come and, you know, he'll sign contract and he'll stay and that'll be brilliant. But <laughs> We've been can, here before though, haven't we? You're going to be thinking, George, what, I've got, what more have I got to do? But it's just a bit, you know, show him some respect. Show him, he's probably one of the most important players in the squad. Make him feel valued because um, he deserves to be. He's a cracking lad. Um, always one of the best to talk to. You'd be in a mess if you lost him. And it wouldn't have a good effect on the rest. Of, I don't know the squad, you know, as people, but I imagine that would go down like a lead balloon if you let him go. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, I just turned 28. You know, you look at the games he's played for us since he joined. He only, he only what was it, half a season when he first joined? Because he came in the January, didn't he? So he played 17, 46, 34, 44, 45. I mean, you know, at the last four seasons, he had that spell where he's missed 12 games. But apart from that, he's missed three games. So he's missed 15 games in four years for us in the league. And he's in our last, he's in the last year of his contract. And We've not done anything about there it. There doesn't seem to be any sign of, of a new one coming. Well, there isn't. Tom Tom said it himself, didn't he, the other day, George? Yeah, well, they said he was really good at the end of last season. He got asked about it and he gave a really long answer to you know a few of us. And he said then he knew what he wanted to do or he was pretty you know, 99% sure what he wanted to do. And I took from it that he wanted to stay. And I've you know, I've heard that he wants to stay. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, none of us work at football clubs, but you know, if, if I had a checklist for this summer, it'd have been right up there for one of the first things to get done. Yeah. And that would yeah. have been a nice boost for fans to, you know, to see one of the best players in the team signing a contract and sticking around. A goal contribution every three games since you joined. So his stats, his stats, well, set point, old, his stats point to everything you'd want in a player. You know what I mean? It's like if he was a buzzing. player, we went out and signed. You'd be you'd buzzing. Be well happy with it. You'd be buzzing if you're an opposition fan in the championship and you sign Tom Barkusen. He's been probably one of Preston's better players over the past four or five years since he joined. On on an absolute peanuts deal for Morecambe, you'd be buzzing, you know, because all his underlying stats point to the fact that he's a decent player. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, on a, on a more positive note, obviously we we mentioned the young lads before. Um, ten of them in the squad at the minute. Whether all of them get opportunities or not this season. Obviously, we'll we'll find out over the coming months. But for for those fans who perhaps aren't very au fait with the academy, um, for you two, what what can we expect from some of the young lads? Is there any that you you're looking forward to? Is there any that you're hoping get a run? Is there any that you think are worthy of getting a run? Um, on the basis of last night, I'd probably have Rodwell Grant on the bench. I just thought he looked, you know, he only came on for ten minutes, but. I'm not sure what more he, he can do to get a look in because he's scoring the fun in the academy. Um, I've always thought with our sort of academy lads, you look at them and, you know, the sort of physical profile, they do look like young boys, whereas he doesn't. He looks like he could hold his own. He came on, he held the ball. He's massive, against, isn't he? Yeah, he came on, he held the ball up against, you know, a big centre-half, laid it off a few times. He looks mobile. I thought his, his goal was class. Like, two touches, finish, not an easy chance. Buried it in the bottom corner. We saw him in the warm-up um, and he was, you know, his finishing was really good. And I haven't seen that much of him, but on the basis of that, I think he's one to, you know, 
keeping it around it and and give a chance when it when you know the time is right. Interesting what happens with him actually, because obviously I think the four lads that signed pros, they're obviously going to get a lot more game time now in the Central League as well. Because that's what a minimum of 13 games, something like that. Yeah. So obviously they, you know, they're guaranteeing themselves more game time in adult football, which I think is really key. Yeah. But I think they can, I think three of them can still play for the under-19s when needed as well, with the uh, change in the AFL rules. Obviously, first team are back to seven subs and only allowed to make three this year. So, mm. you know, gone is the five subs rule. So, I think chances in the first team, actual playing time might be quite limited when you look at the squad that we've actually got. Um, yeah, that's a good I forgot about that, to be fair. I want to see him get, get minutes too right. I think, you know, you size the cup if it needs to be. Um, yeah. You know, Mansfield game. Mansfield game quite tough, actually, because obviously... Um, I think isn't Nigel Clifford there now? I thought he was there. I'm pretty sure someone said Nigel Clifford yeah. there. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, so they'll be t- they'll be a tough side to break down. You know, he always sets them up really well uh, wherever he's been. So, is it the right environment to blood them in? You're not going to get a better environment than a cup game like that, to be fair, because you you, you can't really blood youngsters completely in a league game because there's more riding on it than no. a, a Carabao Cup match. Um. I'd like to see Josh Seary get a run, essentially, because he might be your answer to your right back problem, even though he's only 16. Um, obviously, so highly thought of in the academy. Likes to tackle, seems to be good on the ball, seems to be positionally strong. Um, I think everyone is excited about seeing Noah Moeni, Um, based on what he did last year with the academy. So, you know, it's good that we've tied both those down to pros already. I think that they're, they're the two that sort of I look at and think, you know what, you've got a chance. Got a chance. Um, be interesting what happens with Lewis Lee. It's a bold statement giving him the number seventeen shirt in in place of Whiteman. That's a very bold move for us. But um, hey, well, I don't think it was in place of Whiteman, was it? Oh, no, but it, Ben's like, probably was... Ben's probably wanted the the number four shirt, and uh, but the rest it's of the been kids vacated. But the rest of the kids have got shirts in the thirties. Yeah. So Lewis Lee is the only kid that's got like um, a first team number, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, so that's yeah. it's an well, interesting. George, George would be better placed to uh, talk about that than me. Yeah, no, Frankie seems to really think highly of him. You know, compared him to when he was at Hamilton, and yeah, James McCarthy and James McArthur. It just you know he's been a real sort of surprise of the summer and quite a pleasant one as well because he's come on, he's not looked phased. You know, when Alan Brown came on. Um, in League One, a first few times, and you know he, he didn't look bothered by the occasion or anything. Lewis has been pretty similar to that, and not many of us knew about him a few weeks ago. But you know, on the basis of these first few weeks, hopefully, you know a lot more of us will do um, if he carries on how he started. I think a few of the players have spoke very highly of him, not just on the pitch but off it. Apparently, he sort of carries himself very well and and is a bit like a senior player already. Um, which so all the signs of him, you know, as long as he doesn't bugger off to Arsenal or wherever, is uh, very good. Yeah. Well, I I actually know his um, his old history teacher. He's my assistant for my under 15s and he spoke very very highly of him as, a, as yeah. a young lad. And like you say, George, the way that he carried himself and and said that he just uh, frustratingly, from his point of view as a teacher, he just had his focus fully on football. 
and basically mm. saying it, it's no surprise to see him doing as well as he as he is now. Um, and obviously, he's a Preston lad. Always good to see uh, see one of our own coming through. Yeah, I think a Which, few of them are, aren't they? I think. Sorry, Jim, but that's obviously a nice thing for fans to see Preston boys coming through, and you know a lot of them are uh, very vocal on social media, and they've all sort of made a good first impression, even though some of them haven't got on the pitch as much as others. You know, they seem very good lads that are working hard. I think a few of them were, you know, doing pre pre season, which is good to see. Um, Holland Wilkinson and Coulton, we've not really seen that much of, but you know, this, when I sort of looked at uh, watched the youth team in the youth cup last season, they both looked pretty sharp, and you know, I'm sure they're desperate to get the chance. Um, it's a bit funny, I think. You know, you've got Walker, Baxter, and O'Reilly, and these young lads that are sort of two or three years younger. Just, you know, they seem to be a bit ahead of them. I know a few of them have got injuries and things, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with. With them three, I've just mentioned because you know they've sort of been the opposite. They've been here a few years and they've not really got that first team chance. Whether that's down to to them, I'm sure they've worked hard, or the manager, or whatever. But that must be a bit gutting for them to see, you know, this wave of of young players coming through and, and getting a chance straight away. I think we're walking back to this pre-season they had COVID, didn't they? So that ruled them out for quite a while. Um, I don't yeah. think they went up to Scotland. I, I, We've only seen Baxter once, haven't we? I think that was at the Bolton game. Yeah. Started at yeah. left wing back, didn't he? Yeah. O'Reilly's had a knock as well, apparently, after playing against Brick. Yeah. A few weeks out for O'Reilly, from what I got told. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's one of those where I, I think you can use it in two ways. You can either see it as an, insp- you know, an inspiration that these guys have actually stepped up, you know, they've been given opportunities and it's, I suppose, your time to shine if, if you're youngster coming through. They can sort of take it as a bit of a knock and, you know, a setback. And But I think if you do take it as a setback, then get yourself out on loan and get yourself some game time. Prove us all wrong, because that's probably the best way you I was, can I was just going to say sort of on, on that, do you think the fact that we've entered a team into the Central League this season is a good opportunity for some of these young lads to put themselves in the shop window, potentially? It is, but if you're... What what you're better doing is probably going out and learn to lead to all the conference and getting some proper adult football every week. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I mean. Obviously, by yeah, them but, by them playing in the central league games and the teams that we're playing against, if if they have a good performance and I don't know a, a Tranmere, for example, looks at Lewis Lee and goes, "Do you know what? He he can do a job for us. Yeah, and take him on loan for six months." The issue for for me with that is Jake that by the time central league starts. First game sent for September, the transfer window's shut. So, you know, do it often then to wait till January. Mm-hmm. You're playing yeah. you you're only playing Central League games between the end of August and January. It's like, well, you're just ticking over, aren't you, really? If you, yeah. you can get yourself out on loan, sort of back end of the window, you know, and get yourself to League Two or the conference, that sort of level, then at least you're gonna be playing competitive games, you're gonna be playing the JPT, you're gonna be playing, you know, Saturday, Tuesday in most instances. You know, if you go, if you drop down to the conference, the FA Cup starts in November. You got the FA Trophy. You know, there's plenty of competitions where you can actually play football. Whereas yeah. if you just stay here and they sit, you know, they don't manage to get themselves out on loan, then they're going to struggle. You know, in terms of game time, just looking at central league yeah, stuff. I suppose got, you're restricting yourself straight away, aren't you? Well, we've only got eight central league games between September and the window reopening. 
So, mm-hmm. and you know what it's like in the Central League. We've been there before, where games get called off because of weather and sh- and stuff like that. You know, you know, it's it's always one of those leagues where fixtures do tend to get postponed. That's why a lot of the fixtures tend to get weighted to September to, to December because they end up getting strewn out right across the season anyway because it gets delayed. So, it's one of them really. I think if you're a young lad who's been out on loan, then if you want to get game time every week, then you probably are going to have to look at go, getting a move because that might be your only way of securing either another deal here or a deal elsewhere in the future as well if you're not going to get a look in. Do you have any idea if they went out on loan if they could still play in that Central League or not? I'm not sure. Maybe I don't it's a youth much... loan, maybe they can come back or not, I'm not sure. I, I think if the lads... Yeah, if the lads went on loan... Like, I think Hudson went to Brig, didn't he, the other year? Yeah. Um, and what was that? Norwegian keeper that couldn't catch a cold. Russell. Michael Crow. No, Russell Crow, yeah, that's him. Um, <laughs> uh, um, For God's sake. I'd, I'd rather have Russell Crow in that. Um, I think he went along to Brig as well. <laughs> but I think I don't know if he can play in reses and stuff like that when you when you drop to that level. Mm. So, it, it's if a possibility. Got, yeah, if you got to a League Two club, I'd imagine they'd want you. There, full stop. Um, yeah, of course. Same with the national league. National league, pretty much pro a pro league now. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. I think there's only three or four that are semi pro still. You know, the majority of teams in that league, and to be fair, probably about half the teams in the national league north are pro. You know, these guys are trained every week. You know, so they're on a minimum of what four or five hundred yeah. quid a week to start with. Mm-hmm. So Basically filed, filed full time. Yeah, yeah. There's only um, really Walker with Long to any FL club, isn't there? But they've all the rest of all seem to have gone to Lancaster or Brig or whatever, or Stade Bridge, places like that. So I think if we if we have a say, League of Ireland. What did you say before, Jake? We've got 34 shirt numbers been given out. Th- 36 players in the squad, but 10 of them are under the 21 rule. So you don't count towards the 26. But yeah, but you can only have eighteen in the squad. You can only have eighteen in a match day squad. So we've got twice as many players as what we need. Mm. Um in that in that instance. I think you probably do need eight or nine of these lads out on loan or out the door. You know, because yeah. especially when we're, we're gonna be bringing at least hopefully two in, if not three. You know, you're sort of talking between eight and ten, aren't you, at that point? You know, it's it's a shame that we are where we are in the fact that we don't have a loan manager or whatever you want to call them that a lot of the Premier League clubs have where they can sort of, you know, have that relationship, that sort of, I suppose, players liaison officer sort of role, but uh, for a loan transfer, so, you know, they're going out yeah. to clubs, they get, you know, we're making sure they're getting good game time, making sure they're getting looked after, etc. Because having like a loan manager, I think Julian Lescott does it for City, doesn't he? That's why I'm just, it's coming to my mind, but, like, because at least then you've got that relationship. You, you're making sure they're getting game time. You're making sure they're looked after. You're going to watching quite a few of the games to make sure they're actually playing to the standard. Because let's be honest, you might have a gem within them, them youngins that just needs to, I suppose, be given the opportunity. But yeah, you, you need them in the right environment, don't you? Yeah, of course. And like, if they're not getting game time here, there's only so much they can do in training. Now, and don't get me wrong, you could probably tell a lot in training whether they're up to the level or not, but just because they're 18, 19 and not up to level now doesn't mean that in two years' time they're not going to be. 
You know, look at Ben Davis yeah. when he had his loans at York and Fleetwood, Tranmere. Where else did he go? Newport, was it? You know, he had that many loans. Yeah. But it developed him so much as a player that I don't think we can sort of write these players off, especially with our financial model. Because that's what it all comes back down to, to for me. You know, we've got a financial model that relies on selling a player every every season, pretty much, because we've got yeah. a six to seven million pound shortfall in terms of our turnover to wage spend and all the other expenditure we've got. So we have to sell a player every year. That it's in it's in the financial accounts. So you've got to think we've got to develop these players in our academies. And you know what? For every twenty that comes through, you might only sell two or three, maybe, to, for decent money. But that two or three. It sets you up, you know. If you don't have a Ben Pearson or a Ben, De- or um, you know, a Jordan Hugo that we get from another club, for example, that we get and we develop ourselves, because we need these players to come through. So, hmm. um, in terms of obviously strikers, then for Emil, Shawnee, and Chad, what what are you saying? Goals, goals return this season. What are you looking for? I haven't a clue. Well, in terms of what I'm looking for. Well, what 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 do you think they'll they'll achieve this season? I think Chad. Um, I suppose you could probably include Barky and Scott Sinclair in that as well. I think you've got to. You've got to look at forward options as a whole. I think Chad should be looking for ten, and I think he'll bring you a whole lot more than as well as that. So if he can get yeah. eight to ten goals, and I think you know a bit like Kevin Davis was in League One, he'll give you a lot more than just the goals. Um, yeah. I think Reese needs to find a goal-scoring touch because we've paid money for him, quite a bit of money by our standards um, and three goals. You know, we can all see the potential in Emil. You know, he, he could be electric if he comes off and he finds a bit of confidence, but we can't have another three-goal season, really, and I'm sure he knows that. Um, Shawnee, not really so much to suggest he'll suddenly score 10 to 15 goals again. I think, you know, if we got another striker in, I'd be asking how much are we going to see Shawnee play. Um, and then Barking Sinclair, I think, obviously that comes down to how much they actually play. But, you know, they've got 10 goals in them each if they if they get on the pitch enough and um, find a bit of form. I think the concerning thing for me is Shawnee and Scott Sinclair, because they can only literally play in that one position up front in this new shape. It limits the opportunities so much. Because Ched's going to be your man most weeks. Yeah. Emil, Emil, have pl- yeah. Emil have played more, paid money for speak now. Yeah, I think, like you say, Jim, you know, Ched's going to be probably nailed on most weeks when he's fit. And then it, it's probably going to be rotated between Barky and Emil to play alongside him, for me anyway. Yeah. I think I'll be looking for 15 non-penalty goal contributions from Chad. So whether that's eight goals seven assists 12 goals and three assists whatever you want to do but I don't think it'd be on pens anyway because I think it'd be Whiteman on penos um, yeah. I hope not after uh, that game last season God. yeah God <laughs> is what it is end of the day if he misses one then he misses one strikers miss you know all players miss penalties don't they not everyone's Greza and even Greza's missed a penalty as we know in the Birmingham yeah. playoff game. So it's one of them really where people miss penalties all the time, don't they? Just um, yeah. There's a lot of different so, factors that affect that. But I think 15 non-penalty 
goal contributions from Chad. The others, double figures. Yeah, I mean, what, it doesn't between them all, none of them have scored in pre-season, does it really? I just not really yeah. into pre-season too much, but you know. Well, I was going to say, are we, are we including the Brig game in that? No, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sean has scored a few against Brig every season he's been here, so. Yeah, I think he has. I know Emil scored as well against Brig, didn't he? Yeah, I, I um, to Bolton, Wigan, you'd hope they found him. Or St. Johnston, you'd hope your strikers had scored a few, or at least and, one. And that's my worry. You know, you look at our pre-season <laughs> games and you think, got an issue here. Because if we're not scoring decent goals against them, that sort of level of opposition, then where are we going to score decent? Where are we going to score a good amount of goals? Because, you know, you look at the friendlies, apart from that game against Brig, the only other game we scored twice in is Wigan, and we still got beat. And even one of them goals was a noggy. Yeah. So, like, you scored one against Accrington, and that's... Thomas. Young, like, yeah. And Whiteman's got the other two. Whiteman's got the one against Celtic. White... That's a question, actually. The goal against St. Johnston, did it take a nick off there, lad? Because no, it looks like... I know, but it looks like it loops. It looks like I don't know why, but when I looked, I thought it looked like it took him like a slight nick off his back or off his off his shirt because the way it loops, the way it catches the keeper out, I thought it's got to have took a nick. But it's just the way he hit it. He hit it very well. You know, it's, a, but, it's ridiculous technique, really. Yeah, but apart from that, that's like the goals were scored, and it's like oh, it's just it's just so concerning, Un- underwhelming at best, isn't it? It's concerning, Jake. It's not underwhelming. It's concerning. And you know what? They might put four past four on Saturday and I'll be eating my words next week. But yeah. I'm um, concerned. I think the one thing about pre-season is they've had a range of tests, which I think are good. Played a really technical team in City. Played horrible, well, not horrible, that's a bit disrespectful, but, you know, games where they've had to really sort of fight against Accrington. And, you know, Bolton played that game at LFA like a frigging playoff semi-final really went for it and I'm not sure we have in our games you know the, Ian Everett had his players marching over to the Bolton fans at the end as if they'd just won the cup um, and I don't think we've really I'd like to think we've not been going full tilt in these games which you know sounds like I'm giving excuses um, but you'd like to think they're saving themselves to really go at home all guns blazing um, you know the season second season under Neil when we won one of our first 10 I looked at our pre-season before and you know we drew West Ham we put 7 past Brig 6 past Fylde 5 past the Irish team beat Oldham 3-0 so I don't think you can read into it too much but you know your eyes don't lie to you if their performances are a bit concerning then chances are that's going to well, be you know take we've come away from games haven't we and and felt that there wasn't really much to write home about in terms of performances. Yeah, I think the Accrington, Bolton and St. Johnston games were particularly poor. They reminded me of them Luton and Wickham games last season where, you know, you go to a, a small ground and the other team's dead up for it and, and you're not and you don't really do much and you you get beaten to death really. But, you know, we'll see what Saturday brings. Uh, hopefully they come out and prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah. I think the other thing is that Fingers crossed. Frank Kelly's honeymoon last season, that there was eight games. We only scored ten goals in eight games. And we scored three of them in one game when we beat Derby. And let's be honest, Derby an absolute car crash, as we're fully aware. 
So this this feeling that we're, we're lacking it up front, lacking the goal sort of division, goal market, it comes from that as well. You know, look at the goals we scored last season under Frankie. You know, Bayliss and Lindsay at Forest, good win. You know, Story and Evans against Barnsley. You know, the rotated the squad a little bit for that game. You know, beating Coventry away to a penalty. The Derby game, June 0-0 away at Stoke. Got battered off Brentford. <laughs> Beat Swansea in the last minute, down to an own goal. You know, got a 94th minute goal against Norwich in his first game. Because we didn't give up on Potts, he just slotted one in. So, of course we've got concern. And there's grounds for that concern. Especially with the fact that he's literally still playing with the same players that he's got from last season. It's like, well, you can't just change that. Or, you know, he's only had, what, four weeks back with the players. You can't just automatically make these players into goal scorers overnight. And, you know, especially in the system that we're playing. So, because it is quite a, a rigid system and it, it is very defensively minded, there is going to be a lot of games where, I'm, you know, if we scab a load of 1-0 wins and stay in the league, then I think we'll be all absolutely fine. Yeah. My worry is if if we go down the route of losing a lot of games 1-0 and think, saying, off, oh, he was unlucky at the end say where he Frankie, then... How long do you give it? Well, yeah. I know that sounds really... How long do you give it like, if you come, constantly coming away going, oh yeah, we're unlucky, we're unlucky, we're unlucky, because at the end of the day, if they start mounting up, then it's it's a it's a problem. Well, everyone loves Frankie, that's the issue. We, we all like, you know, we like him as a character. Seems mm-hmm. a dead nice guy with players and everything. Football's a results business and he has got to hit the ground running this season. Because last season, yeah. you know, he's had an eight-game honeymoon. I'll call it that because, you know, a lot of the games, there was not a lot to play for for the opposition, but there was something to play for for us. You know, we've gone into those games full, helpful ever because the, the lads clearly wanted him to get the job. You know, and now this is where... It's the business end now, isn't it? In terms of we're starting a new season. We've had a bit of an iffy pre-season in terms of results and things that are out of our control in terms of that United game. We've got to start well. Mm. Simple as that. So, last last question then before we break. For you two, are we stronger than 12 months ago? I don't think you can lose the better the two bends as Jim. I've just took the words out of his mouth, but... You can't lose two players like that and, um, you know, say that you're stronger, really. So, no would be the short, short answer. I don't think that means we're a bad team, by the way. I think we were a team pushing for the top six and I think now we're a team that will probably, most people would take finishing 15th now. Um, and that is the reality of, of where the squad's at at the minute. Um, have we been a bit blessed in the last few seasons that we were pushing uh, at the top end of the table possibly um, and now we're probably you know it's a bit like alright oh, you know we'll see how this season goes I said to you Jake the other day it's, it's probably the first season since we've uh, been in the, back in the championship that there's not really a main thing to be dead excited about other than obviously fans being back you know you had your first yeah. season back in with Simon and you had a, you know, a really likeable team McGeady in it people like that. Um, and then Neil came in for three seasons and, you know, everyone sort of got behind him and felt we could get into the top six. So now we've took a step back. The starting 11 is sort of going to be relatively solid. 
not particularly brilliant to watch every week. And they're going to try and pick up results, you know, as how they can. And that's going to be it. Completely agree, I think. Losing the two bends. I think the other two players that I think we badly missed in terms of that is a fully fit Patrick Bauer. Because the injury that he's coming back from is a tough one to come back from and hopefully he's back up to full speed. And then Daniel Johnson that was in in form at that point. You know, yeah. and he was playing really well. He was ticking he had us ticking every game, you know, and you think, God, we're onto something here. You know. And I think when you lose those sort of players and lose Darnell as well at right back, because you know, if you think about back in the last season, we played without an orthodox right back really for since January. Um, or a competent one at that. I think it's can't lose those players and think that we're stronger now than we were twelve months ago. You know, hopefully the keeper comes would you say, in this would you week. Say we're weaker then. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to work that one out. You, know, you can't lose the, one of the best centre midfielders in the championship, one of the best centre halves in the championship, a centre half that was colossal at times in Patrick Bauer. That's coming back from you know a career-threatening injury as Achilles injuries are. You know, a good right back at this level in Darnell. DJ that was on form at that time and, and absolutely flying. You can't lose those sort of attributes to your team and think, oh yeah, we're sound. That's just, it's nonsense. Because, you know, and don't be wrong, you know, Ben Whiteman's a good, repla- good, good replacement into midfield. I think he offers us a lot. I think Ben um, Ryan Ledson's come on leaps and bounds, you know, in terms of as a player, probably since Ben Pearson's left. But you can't really compare the two. When Pearson's played over 100 games at the level, it's just like, you know, experience at this level is so key. And I think... It, Goalkeeping-wise, I think we're in a better position with if, if Iverson comes in. That's no slight on Declan Rudd because I think he's he's a solid keeper at this level. Was he a little bit let down by his defence? Mm, it's hard to match, say. A match winner, though, isn't he? Iverson, yeah, Iverson, Iverson gets you 10 points a season. Mm. You know, Deck probably, you're probably level par with Deck. But Iverson will get you an extra 10 points a season in your team without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And I think up front... You know what? We're probably a little bit better up front than we were 12 months ago. Because we only had Shawnee, really. We've replaced and we've added Reese as well compared to 12 months ago. Yeah, so yeah. we've got we have got more options up front. So he didn't play anyway. So <laughs> but I think yeah. you know we can't just look at those two departments in terms of goalkeeping and and the attack and think, oh yeah, they're they're strengthened. We're sound because fundamentally, if you've if you've got a weaker defence and a weaker midfield, you're gonna you're gonna concede more shots on goal, which inevitably is going to lead to lead to more goals conceded. So, and if you've not got the midfield that's at the right point and is lacking quality or lacking the quality that it had, then you're not going to score as many goals. So, yeah, I think. The short answer to your question, Jake, is no, we're not in as good a place as we were 12 months ago. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's first pop back, mate. you got to, you got to realise I've not spoken to anyone about football for about three months. So, <laughs> my, my, um, wife yeah, three, think... my wife and my soon-to-be three-year-old does not like football the same way we, we, us two like it. 
So yeah. I either get told to be quiet off my wife or daddy, no football off my daughter, which is like, <laughs> come on. Do you not want to talk about how good Italy have been at this World Cup? Oh, uh, Euros. Euros either. Oh, come on. They were fantastic. You know what I saw the other day? A kid in an Immobile shirt. Might be Italian. He wasn't. Shocking, man. How do you know? I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> got um, yeah, I think on that note, on that note, boys, uh, we'll call that part one. Cool. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we've got season preview. Um, we'll finish on a couple of listener questions as well. Uh, a bit about predictions and uh, how you can all get involved with us over the next week or so before the season starts. So, yeah. Uh, first of all, boys, I'm, I'm obviously, George, slightly different for you because it's work as, as much as it is pleasure. But how are you both feeling about the season? Let Jim go first. I was going to say, well, that's a loaded <laughs> question. How am I feeling about the season? Um, I'm looking forward to being back in ground. I don't think it's going to be what we expect. I think the atmosphere is going to be a little bit strange. I think first couple of games especially. Um, I think there'll be faces that we're expecting to see that we don't. And that's probably through their own choice or you know through ill health, unfortunately, because that's unfortunately what we've been through as a, as a country over the past... 16, 17 months, um, which is sad, which is sort of like that bit of apprehension that I think everybody's still got in terms of that there's still a pandemic going on. Um, how do I feel about it? The football is probably the one thing that I'm like, I'm hoping for the best, but not expecting much. I know that sounds strange because I, I just don't expect much from us. I don't expect um, us to be challenging the top six. I'm, I'm with you on that. I just don't expect us to be challenging the top six. So I just think it's going to be one of them seasons where if we do something amazing and we like get to the fourth round at Cup and pull out a plum tie, you know, finally get to tick off the Emirates or something like that, then amazing. I think that's sort of where I'm at. I'm like, I can't believe it's next week. I've really enjoyed the switch off. I really enjoyed the Euros. Um, I think that, Italy game in town was the first night I felt like it was back to, like the world was coming back to normal. I think that was the first that's the first time I felt it. And God, you can't can't replace that feeling. Um no. of that little bit of a buzz and you know, the scenes when Luke Shaw scored. I, you know what? It was like going back in time. It was like going back to another world in a way, because you've not been able to celebrate a goal like that for so long with people and stuff. With other people as well. Yeah. yeah. That was the big thing for me. I just thought it felt normal and, you know, fair play to the lads who went to Euros and, you know, I've got friends that listen to this podcast that went to every game apart from obviously the, the game in Italy against the Ukraine and they said, like, it felt normal and, you know, a lot of people falling back in love with watching football again from watching England yeah, at the I Euros. Think, I think you bang on, to be fair. I think it's... 
I know for me, the football almost feels secondary. I'm just really looking forward to being able to get back into a stadium with other people and just down to the little things, like having a pie at half-time or before the game. And I know it sounds really weird, but getting on Deepdale on a Tuesday night in like September, October, November, well, October, November, December, and, and going pie, on... Jake. No, they don't sell it at Deepdale, unfortunately. <laughs> Chicken Balty. Oh, nice. As uh, I say, don't, don't let the side down, Jake, after Pygate last year. Yeah, no more food segments. No more food segments. Go for um, that. But just those little things that you come away from it and we've lost 1-0 and it's pissing it down and you're thinking, why the fuck do I bother with that? And then now that after we've been through what we've been through, it's those little things that I just, I've missed. Yeah. We've done so well this podcast, Jake. Language has been amazing so far, and then you just let the side down. I've even controlled my reputable potty mouse for <laughs> an hour, and you just let the side down. But yeah, you're right. It I didn't. Like... You didn't even realise. That's the worst thing. You didn't even realise. No. <laughs> Brilliant. <sighs> but yeah, no, you're right. In terms of like, it's just the little things you miss. Like, walking down Meadow Street on a Saturday afternoon after a game when it's pitch black you know going back into town those sort of things seeing people seeing, at more seeing the floodlights lights when you're driving to it yeah oh I used to love that you, when I was working in Warrington you drive back for a Tuesday night game and you, you get past just after Charlotte Richard and you're going down the hill and you can see deep down lit up and yeah. it's like yeah we're on and it's that sort of feeling It's you can't beat it there's this probably not been the same for so long in terms of like there's been a game on but can't go so like yeah. you sort of think what's the point you know why, why am I getting excited can't can't actually go and see the game tonight so so I'll follow on from that then aside from the little things do you feel that the club has done enough to entice fans back to Deepdale we, we spoke so much last season even going back to March about making the experience more than just the football. Do you feel that, that the club have done enough to try and entice fans back to Deepdale? Those people that during the pandemic have found other things to do on the Saturday afternoon or they've got the significant other in their ear saying, you're doing jobs on a Saturday now or whatever it may be. The honest answer is no, I don't think we did. Don't think we'd, I don't think we capitalised on it enough. Because if you're not on social media, and there is people out there that aren't, or you don't pick up the post, or you don't go on Lanks Live, for example, I've not had an email. I've not had anything through the post. I've not had a text. You know The, the ways that the club can communicate with its database, you know, I've not had a text. I remember when, and I said this towards back in the last season, You know when we were flying under Alex Neal, he was getting texts on a Friday. Have you got your ticket for tomorrow? You know, those sort of, that little bit of different marketing, sort of try and give you that bit of a nudge to to get a season ticket or get a ticket for the game, sorry. And I think that's just what we needed in terms of like, you know, we can't wait to get you back in deep, Della. And don't get me wrong, the club's policy in terms of the um, refund scheme for the guys that kept the money in the club, you know, whether it was last season or the season before, um, or, or held the money over is it option three I forgot what they were called um, it was good I think that's that's to be applauded 
my issue is I don't think we do enough to attract new customers. So you can't rely on what you've always got in terms of a customer base because all it takes is a 10% drop off in your customer base and get attracting new customers is so much harder than it, than anything else. You know, because if you it's the hardest part of any sort of business is to get new custom. So you can look after what you've got, but I suppose it's only nature. Some of that's going to drop off every couple of years. You know, you're going to lose people. But if you don't bring new people in, then you're going to get to a point where it's like, oh, hold on, we've lost X amount of season ticket holders and we've not replaced them. The, the good thing is when you look at the numbers is that our season tickets have sort of been around the eight, eight and a half thousand mark since our second year back in the championship. But that includes mini whites. From what I gather, it includes the under 11s. So it's a bit of a false figure because I think Peter said, if like, I remember correctly, only a third, the last... only a third of season scholars that are full paying adults. From what yeah. Peter said, I think I, I think it was at a fans forum back it was in the last fans forum. So in November 2019. So yeah. the audio is If you remember, we we just launched half season tickets at that point. Yeah. So my concern is if you've got say, I don't know, 2,000 or under 11s, potentially, because I know people that have got two or three-year-olds that have got a season ticket. They're never going to go on the game. So they've got, it's basically a waste of a seat, potentially, because they, oh, they might be able to upgrade it to an adult if they get a good game. Or they might have you know, a seven-year-old that comes on with the ticket instead, or, or what have you, or someone tries to blag in. Because let's be honest, we probably all know people that have tried to blag in in the past. I used to work at the so, ticket office. Was, yeah, uh, usual suspects. Uh, oh, my little cousin's around the corner. I'm just buying him a ticket. Oh, right. is it? <laughs> Didn't look like me, did he? <laughs> <laughs> but you, that's what I'm saying. It's like you can't. There's only so. There's only so much you can sort of do as a club. And I just think, like, is it, could we just do that a little bit more? Potentially, I don't know. I think you know, if you're on social media like we are. You did see us in quite a lot of places, and I think you know the tweets of those couple of weeks were, were decent. I think someone mentioned that we were on Rock FM a couple of times in terms of an audio advert, which fair enough. But like, there's always more you can do, and you know it's all well and good us sort of sitting there and saying, "Yeah, there's more we could do." But I just want to see us like, I just want to see us really get after it and get up to like ten thousand seasons to get all this and really make it like a concerted effort and like make it Operation Ten K or something like that, you know, something just like get be initiative, have initiative behind it to try and get us to that level, you know, have a countdown, you know, in terms of like how far we've got to go, you know, because then you start pestering your mates, hey, why are you not getting seasons kit? Come on, we're going to try and get to ten thousand yeah. here. We all get twenty quid off. Or something, or something yeah. daft like that. You know what I mean? It's just like that a group little... incentive of some sort. Yeah, because then it engages people as well. And I know we're like, we're all talking about fan engagement, like a lot of the minute. Because let's be honest, it is a bit flat in terms of that front. And the community trust are doing are doing an unbelievable job in terms of what they've done over the past three months. Especially, you know, they've played done a fantastic job over the past three years. But if you look, focus on the last three months, especially, you know, in terms of Ramadan. You know, the community boxes, you know, setting up the fan zone, which they're really well behind. I think, come on, you know, well, just let's, let's all we, get behind in, it. Yeah. Well, you've been, we, you've we've been, been in, in with... a couple of times, haven't we? Well, yeah, I have. 
personally. Um, so I, I know just how hard the community trust have, have worked on, on getting those things with the backing of the club, I might add, um, sort of lined up and ready to go. Obviously, shame with what happened with Man United because they had things in the pipeline and ready to go with that that they'd announced. Um, but, yeah, it's... I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how many fans have been enticed to come back because the team they left watching and the club they left is very different now to what it was. And, yeah, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be there, but I imagine a lot of people have felt a bit disconnected and found other things to do with the time. And, you know, we've got a, a lot of our fans are, you know, quite elderly. Are they, did they feel comfortable coming back yet? Um, I think it'll be really interesting for that whole game in the first few ways to see how you know the sort of numbers were taken to to grounds. Adolf, obviously, Accrington and uh, Wigan, you know, there weren't many there. Didn't sell either of them out or get close to. Obviously, they don't read into pre-season too much. And I think Jimmy made a good point before that all our fan base won't be on social media, um, which is impossible to not you know feel the negativity if you go on social media because I reckon eight percent of it is negative stuff. Um, so there are probably fans out there that, that don't look at it and can't wait to get back on um, supporting the team. I have to say, it's that that is something that I've considered more in the last week or so, is that... My dad, for example, can't it's wait to get back on. And his mate, and they don't read Twitter every day. So I'm sure there's a few... Mm, yeah, exactly. So, social media represents, despite the vocal numbers on there, it only represents a handful of our supporters. <laughs> You know, I'm sure there's many people that listen to this that are on social media but don't spend days scrolling through, commenting, yeah. retweeting, liking. You know, so I think while it's it's a good barometer, I don't think it's the be all and end all. And and while it is, like you said, George, probably eighty, eighty five percent negative at the minute, I think it, yeah. it's worth just remembering that it doesn't re- represent the fan base as a whole. Mm. Yeah, I think it comes back to needing a good start though because we go 1-0 down against Hull um, or put in a really bad first and again look this is that's having an effect on me because I'm immediately going to the negative possibility because that's because you know I look at social media and that is the sort of feeling you, you give it because that's what you're reading all the time you know we could come out and we could put two past Hull yeah. could play really well Um but we don't know. We need to wait and see. And we need a good start, like Jimmy said before. Just sort of put that feeling, uh, that negative feeling to one side, hopefully. Because um, the fans need to buy into this new squad and they need to buy into Frankie. And they won't do that unless they see, you know, good performances um, and results on the back of it. 100%. And Frank, yeah. And Frankie's a, you know, some people won't care about this and it might not matter that much, but he's a thoroughly decent person and you know I see a bit bit of Southgate in him in that you know he's a good person to represent you know the fans of Preston and you know want to see him do well and you know he's never been a manager before it might not work out probably wasn't the person a lot of us thought would get the job probably wasn't the club's you know number one idea and um, let's give him a bit of credit for what he's done and let's you know try and get behind him because even if yeah. this goes really badly, I don't think it's going to come down on Frankie, whatever happens. No, and I agree with that. I think 
they couldn't not give it. They couldn't not give Frankie the job for the for the work he did. You know, five wins in eight games restored a lot of confidence in that squad. You know, players clearly like playing for him. Play like that little bit of extra freedom that they got, rather than quite um, north regimented. Yeah, regimented sort of way under Alex Neal. You know, where everything was very scripted and structured in terms of training ground to the, and to the suppose, yeah cross the I's dot the T's that sort of thing where Frankie's probably a lot more relaxed in terms of his attitude towards that um, I just find it just going to be strange I think you know these he's got to start well he has got to start well I think you know because it, it alleviates all the concerns and all the noise and if you have a positive performance against Hull you know a side that's just come into the league just like it just silences that little bit of negativity and that's what we want you know and yeah. you know what I've probably been probably most negative I've been on here tonight than I've been a long time but I'm just pessimistic in terms of this season and, and the other thing I want to say is that a lot of these players we haven't actually seen in the flesh yet you know Ben Whiteman not seen in the flesh in a, in a white shirt you know Iverson Sepp Lindsay Chad Emil Reese. We, we haven't seen these players in the flesh yet. So, yeah, Greg. So, it's like, you sort of want to see him firsthand before you make a full judgment call on him. Because, like, it's all well and, was, well and good as watching him on TV. And I suppose you two have been in more of a privileged position because you've actually seen him in the flesh. But for us as, you know, everyday Joes in terms of fans, this yeah. is at a time when you actually get to judge him and actually see what they do off the ball, see, you know, what their body language is like, see how vocal they are on the pitch, see if they're throwing their arms up in the air and spit the dummy out if a decision goes against them, see what they like when they come off the pitch and go to the subs bench, you know, are they having a sulk, are they shaking everyone's hand, you know, are they laughing when we're 3-0 down? All those little things that you miss that, you know, it's, it's true though, because if someone's yeah, got a smile on their face, it's, yeah, you've seen people come off the pitch, you know, laughing and joking with people despite getting battered in a game and you think, come on, have a bit of respect. Um. So it's all those little things as fans that we've missed. And I think a lot of us will be able to make better judgment calls once we actually see him back in the flesh and see him, you know, giving stick to oppositions, things like that. It's these little things that we miss, you know, yeah. calling calling James McLean a cheating whatever and, you know, <laughs> see, seeing somebody like when they throw themselves to the granite penalty area and just say, get up, come on. Or it's probably going to be a bit stronger than that, isn't it? But you know what I mean? It's those little things. You have that, done really well, actually, tonight, haven't you? I've done really well. Time. I've done really well. <laughs> my my nephew has tried to listen to a few of these podcasts. He's only six, bless him. But I'm like, you can't listen to this. You can't listen to this. <laughs> and you've let the side down, Jay. You know, we're try- I'm trying to yes. make this pro- I'm trying to make this podcast child-friendly and there's you dropping F-bombs. Like, I, like on, that, um, I like that James McLean was the biggest temptation you've had to, to let one slip. Yeah, well... <laughs> I think he's been released, actually. So has he? I'm pretty sure I read it. I read that. Might we could wrong. do. We could do the new shit house. I wouldn't mind him actually coming on. on a, if he's a free <laughs> Yeah. Well, Pearson's and Pearson's gone and Fisher's gone. So yeah, yeah we're we're missing somebody in that category at the minute. I suppose Ledson sort of fits into it. I was going to say Ledson kind of. Chad Evan, Chad Evans. showed a bit as well. Chad, yeah, yeah. I suppose. I think Sepp's got it in him as well. He's a bit yeah. Like yeah, 100%. I like that because he's only a young lad, isn't he? He's only what nineteen or twenty. I like yeah. that if he's got if he's got a shit house trait in him at that age, 100%. then he he's onto something. He'll have a career. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. I think that was a really good point, what you said before about watching live and watching on telly because it's not the best barometer, but the, I watched the Cardiff away game on telly and you, I was getting infuriated at myself for watching and you don't see the effort lads are putting in. You don't see the, the runs they're making, like you said. And I think that is a really good point. I think that'll, you know, you'll see the team in a different light, even if they're playing a bit rubbish and losing 2-0, you know, just seeing a team work hard, which I think they have done this pre-season, um, make the difference. So, I mean, if they're still busting a gut and they get a bit 2-0 and they're trying to make things happen, sometimes, you know, Lady Luck might not be on your side and you might get beat by a team that maybe not, maybe doesn't deserve to win. Because yeah. you've tried you've tried your eyes, you've created opportunities. You know, you can look at, you know, if you're a geek like me, you might look at XG and say, oh, we've done all that on XG, but we just haven't put the ball in the back of the net. But then you might, you know, you, you make your own luck in football at times. And yeah. I think, you know, look at some of the games last season under Frankie, you know, that 94th minute equalising against Norwich, we didn't stop. You know, we were probably battered for 85 minutes of the game. And then last 10 minutes of the game, we've actually created a couple of opportunities and scored one. It's like, well, that's football. If you don't kill us off, like Norwich could have. I mean, Pucky missed God knows how many chances that yeah, game. And, you know, it could have been three or four. Yeah, could have missed three or four. Could have, yeah. could have been three or four, sorry, by that point. But it wasn't. It was 1-0 and we took a chance. And, you know, Daniel Farker has gone off in a huff. Well, <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take your chances, and you get you, you deserve these things in football. Tough shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, I've done it again. You've done it again. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so, obviously, this week we're we're going to be putting we're going to be ramping up our social media. We've all done our one to twenty fours, uh, submitted them to to the master of the the data, uh, Jim, who's going to keep uh, keep an eye on them over the season. But yeah. In in a in a dream world, if if as many of you listening can drop us a message on social media on Facebook or Twitter with your one to twenty fours, uh, or email us on fromthefinny at gmail dot com, um, we'll we'll keep a, a, a what's the word? We'll, we'll keep them to what, one side, and then and then we'll we'll review them, sort of end of the season, I guess, in May. Uh, we're we're not putting ours out there, are we, Jim? Just to see. No, we're not. But I'm going to put you all, th- you both, on the spot. I'm going to say who are you three to get promoted? Because neither, uh, neither of you have thought about it. If we're honest, no, I'm going to say Fulham. I think will win the league. Um, Likewise, that's that's concerning because me and you agree on something. That's that's worrying. <laughs> um. Are we saying top three, even though third doesn't really count for much? Three to get promoted. So they could finish six right, three, to get promoted. Three to get promoted. Um, um, I don't think Sheffield United will be in, in the mix. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was too good to be true in terms of us agreeing on things. <laughs> um, I think Bournemouth will go up. I think they'll finish second. And... Um, uh, I want to. I want to say I'll do uh, a wild card, but I don't think you can really look past West Brom. Really, is the other one, can you? Yeah, no, I agree with two of them: Fulham and West Brom. I think Fulham will win the league. I am going to throw a wild card I think, in. 
I think someone like Borough could have a good season. Oki's made some filthy signings. Absolutely horrible signings. Neil Warnock. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, of course he has. He's Jesus. Crooks. Peltier. Just a team full of absolute vermin. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll finish I think they'll finish seventh. I think they'll just slip up. I'm going Fulham and West Brom. I'm going QPR to win the playoffs. Why? I think the signings have made it good. I think they've got good management, Mark Warburton. I think, I think they've got yeah. enough about it. I think they had a decent decent spell last season. Loftus Road in front of fans will be horrible for fans to go for players to go back to. I think players will have been given an easy ride going there over the past 18 months. You go to Loftus Road, it's never a nice place to go to as a, as a player because it's so compact, it's so tight. You know, it's just the minging ground to play at probably in terms of how, how on top of you the fans are. I just think the signings they've made are, are good. You know, getting Charlie Austin back in there, who, who's been there, done it with that team. They've got some right good players and a good squad there now. So I just think, I think they'll finish fifth and I think they'll win the playoffs. I think they'll beat Sheffield United in the playoffs. What a prediction on the 1st of August. Real. Yeah, I know. Mate, they'll go down. Look, this is my sort of yeah. predictions. QPR will be bottom three by March. Yeah. But, um, who are you saying, George? Fulham, Bournemouth and one other. Not sure. I had a look at the signings before and there's only really, you know, Luton, QPR, I put Millwall and Birmingham who I think have signed pretty well. Um, so, yeah. I think we can rule out Derby as uh, going up. And then... What makes you say that? I know. <laughs> There's more I can, you know, rule out not going up than actually put forward to go up. So, be interesting that. Yeah. I think it's a hard lead to, very hard league to predict. So yeah, top. send send us in your send us in your one to twenty fours. Um, we'll be putting some out on social media for just a bit of engagement, get people talking. Um, not obviously not complete one to twenty fours. We don't we don't want essays coming in on on social media, <laughs> as in not. Outside of our DMs, uh, feel free to DM our on uh, us your one to twenty fours. Couple of questions to finish on, then, boys. The kind of similar questions, so could I suppose end up just being one discussion. But roll it into one, Jake. Christ, people will be bored to death of us by now. Uh, <laughs> episode what? Episode one. About two hours in already. I tell you what, then. I'll just ask. I'll just ask one, and that is: Is it an urban myth that Preston North End is a well-run football club? God's sake, why have you asked that when we've overrun by God knows how long anyway? Um, <laughs> um, is it an urban myth? Depends I think how you look on at that, it. I think you can look at it, yeah, I was going to say, I think you can look at it in a number of different ways. Is it a well-run Defines club? What you, uh, depends what you define as a well-run club. You know, if existing and being stable is a well-run club, um, then, you know, you'd find it hard to argue with that, but if striving for, you know, to go beyond your um, sort of progress, realistic expectation is, you know, well run, then, you know, where's the evidence that we really want to get into the Premier League? It's not really there, is it? So, all comes down to what you'd... I don't think we're badly run. I don't think we're brilliantly run. I think, yeah. That's... We, do, we do what we need to. What George just said is spot on. I'm just going to have one phrase that I got that's in my... Many book of phrasing. It's 
outside of your comfort zone is where the magic happens. Fucking hell, where have you pulled that from? <laughs> You've been reading some books. <laughs> hey, I've got fucking. I've got loads of these little faces in my. Oh, mouth. there it is. There it is. I, 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 I stopped it. I stopped it. Um, <laughs> mate, this is eight years in management. I always think about things like this. Come on, you know, you don't. Yeah, you can edit all this bit out, but outside your comfort zone is where the magic happens. Is all you need to think about, and that's that's us as a um, You know, because if we if we start acting outside of our comfort zone and actually making decisions that push ourselves to areas that we feel uncomfortable in, then you know what? Things can happen. And I think that's really key for where we're at as a football club at the minute. We are probably a little bit safe, a little bit stable. We're quite content, it feels, to be a championship club. But if we've got aspirations of being a Premier League side, we've just got to push ourselves forward. We've got to, We've got to take risks. We've got to step out of a comfort zone and actually everybody at the club, you know, whether it's players or office staff or the cleaners, have got to like be in it together. But really, yeah, as a as a full club environment, you know, I, I look at, you know, teams that have gone up to the Premier League previously, like Brighton and Bournemouth and, you know, but Norwich. Norwich, you know, Norwich is a prime example probably that literally every single person, doesn't matter if they're yeah. a cook or a cleaner or the first team coach everyone's in it together and wanting to push on to that yeah. next level mm-hmm. and I think that's that's where we've got to aspire to be and it's not comfortable getting to those sort of positions just just on that if anyone wants to listen outside of us or their regular podcasts I'd highly recommend Stuart Webber's episode of the high performance podcast with uh, mm. unbelievable what the hell's he called now yeah. Jake Humphrey Jake Humphrey yeah. absolutely fantastic the insight into what he did to turn Norwich around and to get them to where they are now is just unbelievable. Inspirational is the is the word. You, I, yeah. I, you yeah. know what? Listen to quite a few of Jake, Jake Humphrey's podcast because the chap he does it with um, is really Damien. insightful he's as well. Damien. Isn't he? Yeah, he's really insightful and very, very, very clever man. Um, and I think it's very you know, listen to us first, obviously, and then maybe pass the football. But then definitely listen to a couple of Jay Comfy's podcasts on high performance. You know, even like yeah. like Tyrone Mings, you know, just just very Cash clever. Casper Michaels is a cracker. You know, I, I, I took this is going to be like, listen, Jake, if you're listening, you can slide into our DMs and give us a little bit of a, a cut of um, any future earnings. But the, the Clive Woodward were. Clive Woodward one was amazing, you know, in terms of how to go, because obviously he didn't just work in rugby, you know, he worked as a as a manager in his own profession before he stepped into rugby and then obviously went to football after that. It's just seeing things from different perspectives. I think that's, if you want to learn anything in life, then you've got to look at how different industries work and different environments because that's how you actually learn because you come out of your comfort zone at that point and you actually get to understand other people's ways of working. And from a psychology point of view, especially, it's like that's how you can actually adapt and think, oh, you know what? That's and nitpick little things out of different industries and different people's perceptives. Is that a word? Um, to um, actually help yourself in your own career. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a wrap, that boys. I think that's a pod. Unless you boys want to want to finish on something. Predictions for Saturday. 
Predictions for Saturday, lads. Oh, no, the back. I completely back. forgot about that as well. Jimmy's, Jimmy's favourite bit of the pod. Just going to get to hammer you next week when you say something stupid. Again, a return to normalcy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sit on the fence and say 1-1. 3-0, Rodwell Grant, all three. <laughs> <laughs> that has made me swear. Uh, I think it'll be a tight game, a bit like Swansea last season, uh, first game. Um, Hull have signed all right, aren't they, to be fair? Brought a few in. Under embargo now, aren't they? I might have made that up. Might be getting confused, but yeah, uh, 1-0 to us. 1-0, Lindsay. Jim? Yeah, Yeah, they've made some right signings for actually. George Moncur, Randall Williams that was at Exeter. Yeah, Burke. and they've sent a lad from uh, United as well. Reese Burke's gone. He's gone to uh, Luton. Sorry. Yeah. Got them too. And, and the other lad who's gone out is um, the other centre half. That is it Dewey's or whatever it's called. Jory yeah, Dewey. He's got he's gone QPR, yeah. They've sent a lad from um, United on one side, Deshaun Bernard. Mm. That'd be an interesting one. Um Jake, I'm actually gonna join you in the draw club, but I'm gonna go nil nil though. Oh. Interesting. And KG just on affair. predictions. I think George, I think me and you spoke about this the other the other the other day at a game, but I'm gonna ask you both to make a bold prediction for the season. And to start you off, mine is that I don't think we'll win a derby game this season. Oh great. Thanks, Jake. Just to put me <laughs> Can you imagine me? I work in Blackpool and you think we're gonna get even <laughs> draw with them twice or get beat off them at least once. Brilliant. What a great way to start my week. Sorry, mate. What, just like you want a scenario or something that's going to happen? Just just a bold prediction. Something a bit out there that will happen this season or, or not happen this season. Lose 1-0 at Millwall. That's very likely. 18th of December, Christmas. <laughs> 600, 600 lads from Preston pissed up on the Christmas doing that stand, freezing to death, get beat 1-0. Jake Cooper, header. You might as well add 90 second minute to that as well. You'd probably be about right. Um, mine is a Lancashire <laughs> club to get relegated from the championship. That's decent. As long as it's not us. Decent. Um, yeah, cheers, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll add that in. We'll add that in. A, Lancashire, a Lancashire club that isn't Preston to get relegated from the championship. Um, yeah, Grand. Thanks for your time, George. Uh, don't know if we'll be seeing you next week. We'll sort that out during the week. Oh. Jim, I will see you next week. All being well. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Thanks very much. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode one of season three of the From the Finney podcast. Didn't actually think we'd get this far with it, to be fair, but here we are. Um, Yeah, as I said at the start, you can support From the Finney. Just head to supported.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate a review as well. Um, It's been been a while since we got one of them, obviously, because... We've not really been putting out many episodes. And if you've been away like us over the summer and you haven't listened yet, I highly recommend, even if I do say so myself, that you go and give the two episodes with Ben Pearson a listen and the two episodes with Jordan Hugill. Uh, Yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you. Nice one. See you next week.